Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Lance's House of Sports. And we are back in our normal realm and back to our one-two punch I'm here with my main co-host, house member, Ben Gabriel. Welcome back to the show, brother. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know I'm happy. Big weekend for uh, the Bengals. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about that. I mean, got to give them credit. Yeah. 3-0 against the Chiefs in 2022? Yeah. We're different. <laughs> We're different. Joe Burrow is the man. <laughs> you think they still get him in the playoffs this year when they match up? or When? Well, I mean, you got to expect it eventually, no? I guess. Maybe the Bills. I still like the Bills, man. I, f- I feel like you guys are matching up better against the Chiefs right now. I mean, 3 0 against yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, you're a Krypton. You find out. Find out week 17 against the Bills. Bills heard some tough news this week. Did you hear about it? I don't think I did. Von Miller? I thought he was coming back. Did he? He was supposed to be coming back, but then. Bad test like results or something? Bad test results. A- torn ACL. Jesus Christ. Done for the year. That's ass. Dude, they were talking about Dude, it. Dude, Miller's so good. They were talking about it on ESPN today. And was it uh, Marcus Spears? He thinks that's like the end of the season for the Bills. <laughs> like, not literally, but he was just saying, like, in those key plays come playoff yeah. time, like, they're going to need him. They're going to miss him. He's that guy, they, you know? Like, yeah, he's like one, he's one of the best defensive yeah. ends, line, outside linebackers. And, in you know, apparently the Bills are saying, like, he was the guy that was apparently going to be the pressure maker come when they have to play the Chiefs. So that's yeah. huge. We can save the rest of that for later on. But, but I mean, Bills, Chiefs, both teams I, yeah. are scoring 40-plus. Defense won't matter much anyway. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Defense comes up big. I guess. It's just one big like play. In the playoffs, like it's Patrick Mahomes throwing for 400-plus. Josh yeah, but it's the big play. What about when it's 38-39, Bills are up one, Chiefs can't get into it's field like goal 34. range? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah. Like you need that big-time pressure from Von Miller. That's going to be huge because they already got so many guys out. But let's start in college football. We'll revert back to the pros (laughs) later. But we had another crazy week in college football. One that, I mean, I guess you always got to start expecting the unexpected in college football because this has been one that I haven't seen in a long time. Conference championship week in college football last week. And the highlight, let's start from the Friday night game. It was Utah versus USC. USC has one loss on the season, and they're looking to get their revenge on Cameron Rising and company, but no, 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 Cameron Rising said. They dominated USC. It was a tight game from the start, but they ended up winning that game 47-24. to And now with them uh, in the past at the four slot, they have dipped down all the way to 10. Their season is over. Should I keep going through this before we start talking? The next huge game. <laughs> The Big 12 championship, 10 Kansas State versus 3 TCU. You know, with that loss already, Ohio State's getting their look. But now we're hoping to maybe get a rematch against Michigan. Texas Christian University did, in fact, also go down this past weekend to Kansas State 31-28. to And what a charge it was led by my boy. He's, his name's cool as hell, Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> that man was out there killing it. He had 130 yards on the ground uh, with a rushing touchdown, as well as 30 to add through the air. But credit to the whole Kansas State offense. Will Howard led the charge. 
I mean, 199 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks is exactly what you want. But it was a hell of a game. And I think from what we're about to talk about in a second is how it led the rankings to what it was because Max Duggan played his ass off. Yeah. I mean, 251 through the air, 110 on the ground, two total touchdowns. They just weren't able to pull it out. Kansas State had their number. And, I mean, they lost the turnover ratio 2-1, to one, um, so it's not that crazy. But TCU did, in fact, go down. And now, with that being said, there were other games that went on, but let's get right into it. The college football playoffs, the rankings, the true rankings are out. And what we have after those two big games, Georgia State at one, dominating LSU 50-30, to 30. Michigan at two, dominating Purdue in the second half and pulling away, winning that game 43-22. to 22. And now at three, drum roll. If you watch sports, you already know this, but if you don't, then it was TCU still, and Ohio State went in at four. So with that being said, Benjamin, do you agree with what the committee decided to do in that aspect? Bama landed at five, Tennessee at six, Clemson ruining their season, losing to SE down at seven. This year feels, surprisingly, I feel like it was easy to pick the top four because everybody else has two losses. Your fifth-ranked team has two losses. Your sixth-ranked team has two losses. So, Seventh-ranked <clears> has two, eight, nine, yeah, ten. Yeah, they, they all have two, two losses. Three. So Very it's, crazy. It was easy to rank the top four just because they have the best records, I guess. And I also agree with TCU not dropping below Ohio State. They went to their conference championship. They lost in overtime, and we got our ass whooped at home. And didn't go to our conference championship. So yeah. I think that was absolutely the right choice. I think the committee got it right this year. So I could have seen Michigan at one, though. Speaking I too mean, early, but Georgia hasn't been playing their best ball. I mean, that's – I mean, you know, you're pretty bold saying that. 16-6 six against putting up Kentucky? 50 points in the conference championship game. LSU I understand sucks. that, but LSU everyone in college football had a week like that. LSU's a joke. It was weird, huh? LSU's a joke. All right. They you're, are. I mean, if Dylan was here on the show like he was a few weeks ago, I mean – He'd be arguing against because he thought they were legit. I way back I, when. I never. But, I thought they were legit, and then they got their ass handed to them. I mean, they lost Florida State early in the year in the tight one, and then they got spanked by Tennessee, and then it was the two losses at the end of the year. I mean, they lost Texas A&M on that last week of the season. They already clinched the conference championship. Went up against Georgia. They lost thirty to fifty. I mean, it wasn't a great game. They put up thirty. So they had four losses. Yeah, they have four losses on the season. That's crazy coming out of a going to the SEC championship game with. I mean, that's kind of how the losses. SEC was set up this year. Kind yeah. of, kind of crazy. I mean, they didn't have the the division losses. I guess. I mean, because Florida State that was an out of conference loss, so yeah. I mean, it didn't really matter to them. I mean, Tennessee they're not making the playoffs already. Div- no, they're, Tennessee's in the same division. No, they're uh, not. Tennessee, not they're not. Yeah, yeah it was in the East. It was Tennessee and Georgia. West. Fighting for it, yeah. And the other. My point is, Georgia's win in the SEC championship was not a big one. I mean, I agree. They should have won that game. I mean, Michigan, they did what they did in the second half, but the Big Ten's not no, you know. I'm not saying they are country or anything. Yeah, but it's the same. I don't know. It's the same argument both ways. Georgia has more dominant wins, I'd say. I mean, they beat Oregon 49 to three. I mean, they did beat Tennessee when they were red hot. They were red hot. And, I mean, they've been doing what they have to do all year, just dominant wins. I mean, the one you could say was a 16-6 to win, but that was the week literally everyone in college football played down to their competition. Yeah. Like, I was just – I, I just – I don't know. I was thinking that Michigan could get ahead of Georgia just because they beat the number two team in the But country. anyways, what I was going to say is, you know, trying to back up my argument for Ohio State, I guess, trying to toss in my bias, is that, you know, TCU did lose – 
to Kansas State. Like, yes, it's in the Big 12 championship, and I get it. The Big 12 was solid this year, but how much credit are we giving Kansas State this season? I mean, they have a loss to Tulane, and Tulane. I don't. That's literally all I have. I I know, but Tulane won their their conference championship. <laughs> Tulane's a good football team. Beat Cincinnati in the conference championship. Won their conference. They're ranked. All right. All right. All right. They still lost to Tulane. Okay. They did lose TCU earlier in the year. It's a good loss. And then they lost to Texas. Um, they lost at home to Texas by a touchdown. So, I mean, I think my one argument is, is yeah, TCU, they lost in their conference championship game. But the team they were playing wasn't like a Michigan-type team we were playing. I agree with that. But they didn't lose in the fashion we lost either. No, so you but can, it goes also, but it was a one-possession game with, yeah. you know, nine minutes left on the clock or whatever it was. Like, it was a good game. Just got away from ourselves. We definitely lost hope. You know, we kind of fell apart a little bit, you know, believed we got out coached, didn't really know what to do at that point. Um, but that's one my one argument for it. I mean, the selection committee, the chairman, I guess, so to speak, when they were talking to him after they revealed the rankings, he said they didn't discuss an Ohio State-Michigan rematch at all. Did you see that? They said it wasn't discussed one time that's while they were talking about it. I think it's bullshit, too. But I mean, I don't think it's bullshit that they rated us four, but like, no, nah, I, I think mean, they whatever. definitely talked about whatever. it. Whatever. It had to have like been, the right? whole, every sport is maybe, maybe not because, maybe not because like, what's there to talk about about a potential rematch? Like, yeah. what's that need to be discussed about? Which that I could agree about. Everything is in college football is about money. That, I mean, that game would make so much money and I, so many viewers. And that's where I agree with you completely. Like I think it's all but about I don't money. Think that's, and the I don't, fact that they didn't even try and squeak that in there. Yeah, but I don't think they want it to be about money, so that's why they didn't. Because if they did that, people well, would be yes. like, the only reason they did that is well, to no, get no, no. Everyone was saying like, you know, like there's a valid point to put it either way. Like the one argument I just stated. Like, yeah, it's no, a valid you're right. Argument. You're right. And it's not like we were playing some chump change football all season. Like, yeah, I'd agree we weren't playing our best the last couple of weeks. But before that, we were playing pretty fucking solid. Everyone was hyping up Jim Knowles, saying he was one of the best in the country at what he does and how our offense is absolutely unstoppable with the weapons we have. Yeah, we were a little banged up going into the game, but, I mean, so were they. We got plenty of recruits. I don't know. That's the argument I have. But I think the top four within itself is absolutely correct. Bama had no, uh, no shot being in there. Tennessee, I mean, if Tennessee won that game against South Carolina, they would have they I don't wouldn't know. have been in. They would have been in. I agree. No. I mean, even with Hen, you don't think so? They have three losses, right? Huh? They have three or two losses. They're ten and two. But they, they did lose Hen and Hooker for the season. They wouldn't have gotten in. If they would have beat South Carolina, they wouldn't have gotten in. Their one sole loss being Georgia, they wouldn't have gotten in. They would have gotten in over us. Hell no. For sure. Hell no. You think Hen and are you talking about because they don't have Hen and Hooker? Yes. Actually, okay. yes. I All hate right. to say that because that's, that's not how it should be. That's but fine. Like, actually, yes. Because they're not going to be able to compete. <laughs> I agree. No, with that. he's the best player on their team yeah. by far. Okay, that's fine. That's a valid argument. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, move into the Heisman hopefuls. You know, we got uh, the candidates officially out and the four names listed, uh, not in any order, obviously. Uh, Caleb Williams from USC, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, Stetson Bennett from the University of Georgia, and then Max Duggan rounds it out from TCU. So what's the first thing you think of when uh, you look at this list? Stetson Bennett is not a Heisman candidate. No. Which is, you're, I know you don't like that take because you think he should win, but... I, I mean... I just, I don't think that he makes his team good. Can you imagine if C.J. Stroud was on Georgia this year? Or it's an Bryce interesting Young. argument because what do we think of C.J. Stroud? 
I like C.J. Stroud. I like C.J. Stroud, too. Obviously, he didn't get it done in either game against Michigan. He played in his career, but he's going to be a top three pick in the draft, and there's a reason for that. You know? I mean, there's boom and bust in the draft all the time. Oh, I absolutely agree, but his accuracy and just how he moves in the pocket, like he's he's an NFL quarterback. He's a pocket passer. He's 6'3", you know, he's 215. Yeah, he, you're damn he right. He can about sling that. it. He's a pocket passer. Yeah. He's not elite. He doesn't he wouldn't want to leave that pocket in the pros. Nah, if he won't do it in college, he won't do it in the pros. <laughs> but I mean, what I think should come into consideration when it comes to like winning the Heisman is, you know, how good your team is though. You know, I get it like not everyone says, you know, your record is a quarterback stat, but you know, in college football, I like to think it's a little different because you know, these guys are you know, top premier athletes, young, fresh, like they make a big impact. Obviously, like we said, Hendon Hooker's out. Like, oh, Tennessee doesn't even have a shot anymore. Yeah, I think. But, so yeah, go ahead. I think um, it's kind of it's not off topic, but the guy's not on the list. It's because he got injured, and I think he definitely should have and would have won the Heisman. Oh, a hundred percent. I know. I'm gonna say. Blake I think Corm. it's disrespectful they have Hendon Hooker off there. I oh, I'm talking about Blake Corm. Blake Corm too. And I was kind of hoping you were going to bring up something how there's no position play, player yeah, outside of a quarterback. Bullshit. It's a quarterback award now. It's a quarterback award, 100%. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Blake Horn would have been my favorite. Um, as an Ohio State fan, that hurts to say. I wish we had him, but. Yeah, he was a killer. I yeah, think Hennon Hooker would have been my favorite, honestly. Yeah, if he didn't get injured and. Even with the injury, like. Well, I don't know. You don't lose to South Carolina by 30 and win the Heisman. Doesn't How much matter. were, I guess the game was over when he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt mid-game. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, you're right about that, but okay. But, you know, how about Caleb Williams? You know, he's, he's a beast. Lost I a think he's going to win. They've lost Heisman. a couple games. Yeah, but they made it to their conference championship. He threw for 40 touchdowns. Same team twice, I guess. Yeah, same team. I mean, play. I agree. I think I think it, I don't think CJ Stroud should win it this year. I mean, he has 600, uh, probably like 550 less than he had last year passing yards. Um, his touchdowns and interceptions are pretty similar. But obviously, I don't know. I, I think we looked a little, you know, rough at times on the offensive end. And he yeah, makes some indecisive plays at times. And I don't think he should win. We got spanked this year got by Michigan. And yeah. last year was, I mean, it still wasn't pretty. But I feel like the way they did it this year just was really eye-opening. But for I, I think it's Stetson Bennett or Caleb Williams, whoever yeah. wins. And the reason why I say Stetson Bennett I mean, obviously, he's been under the radar all season. Not really talked about, but he's old as shit. I mean, he's the same age as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But, I mean, his team's undefeated, and they've dominated every game they played in. No, he only has 20 passing touchdowns, but, I mean, his passing yards are up to par with basically everyone else. He still has seven rushing touchdowns on the year. But with that being said, yeah, I think it should be Caleb Williams' award to lose. The only reason I think it should be Stetson is because, you know, they're undefeated, best team in the nation, while Caleb Williams... Was struggling to get past Utah this season, costed him everything and more. Yeah, I mean, but you saw USC without Caleb Williams is so much worse than Georgia without Stetson Bennett. I mean, that always depends on the backup you have. Probably at Georgia because they have a better recruit. Well, maybe, but I just think that Caleb Williams made so many plays for them on the offensive end where Stetson Bennett just has to give it to one of his five stars, and you know they have a six seven two hundred and sixty five pound tight end that. Yeah, and on top of that. Stetson Bennett has the best defense in the country, giving him the ball all the fucking time. And USC just has one of the worst defenses in the country. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think Caleb does argument. more for his team than Stetson does. I think Stetson's obviously a great quarterback. 
I don't think he's going to be anything special in the NFL, though. I do think Caleb Williams will be. I like that argument. <laughs> you know, who do you think got snubbed? Because if we say it's a quarterback award, you know, there's not a huge amount, chunk of names that are missing, in my opinion. But, I mean, Drake May is definitely a name that comes to mind. I mean, 4,100 passing yards, 35 touchdowns. I mean... He's been an absolute, he was an absolute animal, but obviously their record isn't perfect. But if we're taking that out of consideration, oh, and he also had 650 on the ground and seven rushing touchdowns. Like that's as complete as complete gets. Yeah. Michael Penix Jr., another guy I think's been completely under the radar all season. Washington's been a solid football team this year. No, their record hasn't been perfect. They got a few losses, but he's been absolutely tremendous. 4,300 passing yards, 29 touchdowns. And then, I mean, to go along with that, I mean, he also has four rushing touchdowns on the ground. He's The dude was a stud this year. Yeah. you got to give him credit. And I think both of those guys have a potential argument to get in over, I mean, Max Duggan. I think Max Duggan's rushing yards are huge for him, the reason why he got yeah. in. The team they were just lost during the playoffs. But, I mean, those two guys definitely should have been an argument. And I think an argument to go over Max Duggan or even C.J. Stroud. Even yeah. Bennett, if you want to say it. Yeah. If we're taking out records completely, seriously, like, I like the Heisman list right now. I think they got the potentially the right four guys. I definitely do think Drake May got snubbed off the list because his stats are actually so much better than everybody else's. But They're ridiculous. His team is just obviously not as good as USC, Ohio State, Georgia, or TCU. Yeah. But I think that uh, damn three of those teams are in the playoffs. That's crazy. Blake Corum would have been the fourth. It just proves it. You got to have a Heisman guy on your team to. Have a good team in the college. You yeah. got to have guys that are the best at what they do. You know, yeah. I say had the best quarterback in my opinion. I think if I were to want to put one of those two guys in, I think I'd put Penix Jr. in over him. I love Penix Jr. Dude, he's so fun to watch. I mean, he was—you could tell he was talented on Indiana, but he just didn't have the pieces around him to yeah, thrive. Indiana's offense. But you put him on a solid offense in a good Pac-12 conference, and that man was a straight killer. I mean, second in all of college football in passing yards. Yeah, he's different. That's crazy. Before we move away from college football and move right back into the pros, we got to talk about these two big bowl games, I mean, in the college football playoffs. And the first one that I want to discuss, it's two in the nation Michigan versus three in the nation TCU. The spread opened at 7.5 and, and the over-under is 59.5. That game's all the way out in uh, Glendale, Arizona. So both teams are, I guess, I wouldn't say both teams. I'd say it's, I mean, it's obviously more of an advantage for uh, TCU, TCU, but... Michigan's got to travel all the way out to Arizona. What What are your first thoughts on this game? Uh, I think co- size and college football is so important. And Michigan's team, their linemen, they're all just bigger guys than TCU. I think that Michigan's going to rush for 250-plus yards. I think J.J. McCarthy will probably have a good day. TCU's defense is nothing special. I think I'm definitely the over on this game. And yeah? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I'm definitely taking Michigan minus seven and a half. I, I'm with you there with the Michigan minus seven. I think they're just on a different level this year. Yeah. I mean, last year they were obviously a great football team, but, you know, you could tell the steps they've taken off that game versus Ohio State. I mean, they just, the way they controlled the game, it was very impressive. Like you said, TCU doesn't really have the defense. Michigan's defense is outstanding. That's yeah. why I think they could, you know, dominate this game. Yeah. Um, the over-under, it's definitely an interesting one to look at. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's tight in the first half just because Michigan, it seems like they've been fond of that recently in the last few weeks. 
But I think Michigan pulls away in this game, and I think they get it done. And I think it's their defense that is the big X factor in that. But how about Georgia-Ohio State? I mean, we got what we asked for. We received a prayer from up above, and we're in the college football playoffs after that horrific loss against Michigan a couple weeks ago. I mean, spreads opened up. We are plus six and a half against Georgia, basically on their home turf in Atlanta, Georgia. What's this game looking like? I think it's going to be a shootout, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's going to be a super defensive game. I think there are going to be a lot of touchdowns. I think that, uh, I mean, there has to be. Georgia's defense is, you know, it's one of the best in the nation. Yeah. That's what everyone talks about. That's what makes them so different. I agree. I agree. But they gave up 30 to LSU last yeah. week. You know, yeah. It's just if if one team is scoring a lot of points, I think the other team's also going to be scoring a lot of points. If it's a blowout, it's Ohio State's getting blown out. Georgia's not going to get blown out by Ohio State. If we win, it's going to be a tight game. I mean, that's that's why people talk about kind of like it reminds us a little bit of 2014. Like, definitely it's not the same aspect. 2014, we lost early in the year to Virginia Tech. Had three different QBs that season. It was just a whirlwind of a season. But this year, it's kind of like that because we have that second hope. You know, we got that second chance of breath. We're still alive. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to compare it to the 2014 season because – yeah. We were either. so hot going into that playoff. We just beat a top, I think it was 15 team in Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship, 59-0 that yeah. year. So I after that, like, people didn't think that we would win the Natty, but, like. And then we dominated Bama. Uh, we beat them by seven. Ooh. It was a really good game. I was there. You know that? You were at that game in 2014? Yeah, yeah I was in New Orleans. Really? Yeah. That you game saw was his, fucking crazy. Saw the first up the middle? Yeah. <laughs> He ran, I was sitting in that, <laughs> yeah. that corner of the end zone that he scored in. It was nuts. You were probably just up dude, there we with your screen. arms Dude, we, we, I didn't even watch the end of the play. I saw him break the <laughs> hole, and we just all started looking at each other and going nuts. And yeah. like Everybody knew he scored. No That's was, crazy. No one was catching that, man. <laughs> getting the chills thinking about it. God. It was insane. That's what I mean. Do we, do we have anything in the tank to make it like 2014 and knock off the number one team in the nation in a powerhouse that's been dominating for two years straight now? We had the best team in 2014. I'm very well, convinced. Well, when you look back at it now, yeah. but, you know. You know, Zeke, Mike you know, Thomas, yeah. we had all those guys. Yeah. And uh-huh. our offensive gauge. line was great. Yeah, <laughs> our offensive line was great. We had uh, Eli Apple was on that team. Von Bell was on that team. That Marshawn Lattimore was... was on that team. So we were we were loaded, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, we, you know, we lost to Virginia Tech earlier in the year. People thought we were shitty. <laughs> and we turned it around. And I don't. We got better as that season went on, and we're, we've gotten worse since this season started. Yeah. No, you're completely right about that. So that's we're not hot going into this playoff, and that's a little worrisome. So what – I'm trying to turn this around to make it into a, yeah, we got a shot. We got a shot. We got a shot. <laughs> okay. Well, I think everyone's spirits are down. That, like, maybe they will come back stronger, <laughs> hopefully. You thinking because no- – because. Like, they have a fire under their ass. They have shit to prove. We lost to Michigan two years in a row, which is unacceptable. That doesn't look good on C.J. Stroud. And if he wants to, like, look good, he has to pull out the stops, which is hopefully what they're going to do. So there's a little bit of positivity. And that's exactly back to what I was saying. We all thought we were dead, even the players, even the coaches, but we are alive you got to think they're going to come back with some type of urgency, some new type of game plan. we got to be changing up everything we're doing after that bad L. Obviously, we're doing something wrong. I was literally at the dentist this morning, and she was talking about how she could tell our offensive game plan was not it. It was unbelievable. (laughs) You know, we got a huge season coming up. 
Um, we'll just finish it at that with the preview in those games. We'll talk a whole lot about it more in the next coming weeks as there are plenty of bowl games to be discussing in the month of December. Um, but with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the pros. Another crazy week in the NFL. I feel like I always say that in every topic, another crazy week, but it was. It was, in fact, another crazy week. I mean, we can start with your boys if you want, if we're talking about these games this past weekend like we were you know, discussing at the beginning of the podcast. But what a win for them at home, winning the game against the Chiefs 27-24 and the return of Jamar Chase. They have yet to get Joe Mixon back, but they are getting their pieces back. Sma- okay, put me out of pause. Samaj P. Ryan, he, he's an animal. He, uh, he's a dog. I'm starting to think he's better than Joe. I mean, they're both great running backs. I think backs. they're going to split. Yeah, we have a great backfield. No one, I mean, no one thought about Samaj P. Ryan going in the season, but as the season has gone on, he's developed tremendously. He I looks, feel like, he, he, he's a beast. I feel like running with two down backs and having that change of pace with two different players is something that a lot of NFL offenses are picking up on and are yeah, using. Chiefs were doing Especially it this season. A lot of our, it's happening all over the league, I feel like, like. You know, I feel like the main example, you know, was. I think it's Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were kind of like the forefront of it when it first started happening with them. But I mean, they have really been exploding. Tony Pollard's name is through the roof right now, and he's still not considered there's the main so, back in that. There's in that so team. many good ones. Leonard, I'm, Rashad White. I mean, that I'm thinking of even Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mozart. Yeah, like, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah. Uh, Chris McCaffrey and Elijah uh, Mitchell. And Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, Elijah Mitchell just got banged up again, but yeah. yes, yes, it was. Yeah, it's, there's mean, just there's so many more too. Even you know, even like, little guy like guys you might not think about when you think of running backs, but the Chiefs with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarrett McKinnon. Yeah, they I agree. They ran the ball extremely well against Bengals yeah. the whole game, and they both looked really good. And I think it's just because you know Jarrett McKinnon's quick, hit the hole, get you five yards most carries, and Isaiah Pacheco can. Do it all too. His vision. Yeah, I don't know. I like the Chiefs' Not, offense, but I mean, yeah, for rest, sure. Rest in peace, three and zero. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the Bengals—they're legit, and I mean, it moves us back to always talking about the AFC. We're kind of at that time of the year. Playoffs are upon us. Um, we're at that season. Uh, the AFC has been a little weird. The Bengals beat the Chiefs this season. The Bills beat the Chiefs this season. Um, but yet the Chiefs have been at the, atop the AFC all until this past week when they lost, and now the Bills uh, retain that one spot. I mean, the AFC is crazy. You got the Bills at the one nine three, Chiefs at two nine and three. The Ravens a huge loss for them this past weekend. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, he went down with a sprained PCL early in that game. Uh, st- they still survived the Denver Broncos list. I mean, they might be that new team. It's almost like early in the year in college football when Iowa's offense was literally irrelevant. Like, we would all call them Iowa because they had no O. Like, the Broncos, like, how would that look? The Burnks? The Burnks? Or whatever? Because they literally have zero O whatsoever. They're paying millions and millions of dollars, like a seven-year deal to Russell Wilson, just for them to have almost one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my life. The Broncos still lost that game against uh, the Ravens, 10-9. to in a pretty boring ball game, a dominated <laughs> defensive game. But anyways, the Ravens, they no longer have Lamar. He's going to be out one to three weeks with a sprained PCL. They're in at the three slot. Titans are at four at seven and five. And then that wild card is looking scary. Bengals are still at five, eight and four. Still have a great chance to win that division. The Dolphins are at eight and four. They, they also still have a great chance to retain that division. 
Um, and then the Jets down at the seven, rounding it out at seven and five. I mean, that AFC is dangerous right now. But with how we're looking at it right now, what do we think in this AFC? Because that one spot's going to be huge. Like, getting that bye would be enormous. And having to play through your home field, I mean, looking at this right now, one, who would you say you think needs it the most? And who you think gets it? Who needs the bye? I like, I like, the I came up with that field. on the spot. Who you think needs a home field advantage the most? The Titans. I think the Titans aren't that great of a football team. And if they're playing at, you know, if they're playing an arrowhead, they're fucked. I mean, I'll agree completely, but you think they're getting the one seed? Here's who no, I think. But Here's don't who- all the, like the Titans will get the home field advantage against the Bengals as of now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I yeah. So I, I like that question. We can revert it into that. Who do you think needs home field advantage the most? Uh, Obviously, the higher Titans seed, the more games there. you get. Um, I, th- I really, if the Ravens, I think the Ravens really need it. I don't think their offense is great despite having Lamar Jackson. I know he just got hurt. But if they can keep winning that division with Lamar Jackson out and he comes back and they have a home field game, you know, for the first playoff game, I think that would be huge. Yeah. You know, to get home field advantage against the Dolphins, like, that'd be big. In Baltimore in January, like, Dolphins struggle in that type of weather. And this is exactly why I'm going to say I'm picking the Dolphins, you know, as the team that most necessarily needs that home field advantage because, I mean, their defense, you know, they got a lot of players. They recently got Bradley Chubb. They've been trying to improve each and every way. Um, But obviously it hasn't been great. I mean – we were talking about last week, what do we think of the Dolphins? You know, do they have a chance to be one of these top teams in the conferences or in the conference, excuse me? And, you know, they kind of shit the bed against the 49ers this past week. I feel like they're in the like tier below. I think top three is easily Bengals, yeah. Bills, Chiefs. And yeah, they're, they're in the tier below. I don't and think now, they're quite at that level. And yet. the Bills are also that type of team, you know, not the best defense, but they're also used to playing in that warm weather each and every week. They're not like the. Why are you looking at me like that? They're not like, you know, the, the Ravens Bills type. Used to play the Dolphins, I mean. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where you got to stop looking at me and just tell me. But, <laughs> but, you know, like they're not like the Ravens team. They're known for their ferocious defense, and they can hang around in cold, freezing weather. You know, they're meant for the playoffs. While the Dolphins, you know, like they got to be ready for that warm weather. They're prolific offense, you know, with their big weapons um, on each side of the field. You know, if you put them in cold in cold weather come playoff time, we don't know how they're going to be. And we already saw, we were talking about last week, how, how are they going to be in this end-of-season stretch? They're playing some great teams. 49ers were without Jimmy Garoppolo for how long in that game? You know, a good amount of the time. And they still they lost that game 33-17. to 17. Brock Purdy led the charge for the 49ers. I think after looking at that game, it shows how dominant their defense is, the 49ers. But still, you know, in that aspect, the Dolphins are going to have to find a way in these next few weeks. You know, they're continuing their road streak at the Chargers, at the Bills, and then they finish their season uh, home against Packers, at New England, home against the Jets. That Bills game especially, I really want to see their type of game. That's a, you know, that's a playoff environment game. It's in in Buffalo. So, you know, we're going to test it out even more. But I think they need a win next week against the Chargers. They got to beat the Packers. They got to beat the Patriots. They got to beat the Jets if they want to try and get one of these top two, top three seeds to hopefully at least get a first round um, home field game. Because, you know, I think they're a great team. Their offense is scary as hell. But, you know, when they run into a good defense, I, you know, 
defense wins championships. I agree. And I'll continue to say that. And I think they'll get stumped if they run into, you know, if they run into the Ravens, I think they can get stumped once Lamar's back. Um, the Bills, I think they get stumped. The Chiefs, I think they get stumped. Now their defenses aren't as dominant, but the Bills' defense has been solid. I mean, so many guys out, but yeah. I mean, they still have still, the type of players so to make guys, plays. Yeah, yeah, they still have the type of players to make plays. There are just so many games left still. Yeah. Like I know we're saying it's right around the corner, but there's five games left. It's gonna go faster than it we will. know it. It will. It's gonna go so goddamn fast. You think the uh, Bengals take over the division with Lamar being out? I think they do. I agree. I think they do. I mean, I think they. You know, I'm sick of this bullshit that the Browns own Joe Burrow. I'm sick of that shit because <laughs> this week we're fully healthy, we're hot, and we're gonna fucking whoop their ass at home. That's what's gonna happen. I'm letting everybody know right now. We'll see. We'll see. Deshaun Watson's not doing I wouldn't shit. be surprised to see a letdown game, but yeah, you know, I think it's going to take Deshaun a few weeks to, you know, get into his groove. If he does get into a groove this season, because it's a lot harder than people think. I mean, he, yeah, he was in training camp earlier in the year. He was practicing last couple of weeks before season started, but this man hasn't really played in a game until last week in two years. Like, this man's going to be rusty. Yeah, and also the Bengals need to win. <laughs> because if you think about it, you know, the Bills – Sell a game. Who they got next week? You know? The Bills? Mm-hmm. They play uh, the Jets next week at home. Big division game for them and Huge the Bengals. Division game. Can you imagine if they lose, the Bengals win, and we're first in the AFC just like that? What about the Chiefs? Well, they got the... We got the head-to-head. They got the head-to-head. The only team that... Yeah. The Bills could still be first, though. I don't know how that works because they haven't played yet, and we'd have the same record. And I think we'd have the same amount. Well, you guys play them uh, week 17. That so game's going to be crazy. Be, that shit will get squashed. Yeah, you guys are at home. That's another big playoff type game. Bengals are fun to watch, man. <laughs> they got they got some good players on both ends. I mean, with Jamar Chase coming back, I mean, just opens up T. Higgins even more. And that guy's an arguable yeah. top ten receiver in the NFL. The guys right on now. defense, top fifteen for sure. No one talks about like Jermaine Pratt stripping Travis Kelsey. I yeah. want us the game. Yeah, you know, it's just they are fun to watch. And they they got a great great bonding within that team. I think, and we're gonna be good for a long time. So. Yeah, you guys will be. Um, Before we move on to the NFC, I want to look at big picture, whole league, another weekly top five rankings. You want me to go ahead and say my list first, or I can say mine right now if you want. Go ahead. I got. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm gonna say. I got the Bengals at one. Okay. I got the Eagles at two. I got the Chiefs at three. I got the Bills at four. Actually, I'm putting the Bills at three and the Chiefs at four, and I'm putting the Cowboys at five. I think that's a damn good list. <laughs> I mean, I completely love that list. I mean, the argument there is where the 10 and 2 Vikings, you know, where's the 8 and 49ers? You know, yeah, they just lost their quarterback, but I'm not putting a team in there that's, you know, underdogs yeah. to the Lions this weekend. Yeah. And I, I think if the Cowboys and the Vikings played right now, the Cowboys would fuck them up. No, I agree. I like <laughs> your list. I like your list. I mean, the only things I'm changing is. You know, I'm putting the Eagles at one. Yeah. Um, that'll lead me to my next argument in a minute. I mean, but I mean, it's yeah, that's e- speaks it's for itself. It speaks for itself. Yeah. Yes. But in my power rankings this week, I am putting the Bengals at two. Okay. Um, you know, okay. The way they've looked the last couple of weeks, the way they handled themselves in that game, a tough game. You know, it was a playoff atmosphere. Two and zero against the Chiefs prior to that. You know, Chiefs are coming in swinging. Uh, they get the win. Um, I'm putting the Bengals at two. And Joe Burrow, man. Outplaying Patrick Mahomes three times this year. <laughs> Only quarterback besides Tom Brady to be him three times without a loss. 
let me finish with my list. All right. I'm putting <laughs> I'm putting the Bills in at three. You know, maybe they don't fly under the radar, but people have been saying they haven't been playing their best football and they're still the one seed in the AFC at nine and three. Yeah. Like they're a dominant team. Yeah. And I got all the faith in the world in Josh Allen. At four, I'm putting the Cowboys. You know, Dak, he's no longer rusty. He's playing some great football. And, you know, what they the weapons that they have to go along with their insane top five, maybe even top three defense with all the weapons they have. This team's scary. Definitely uh, one of the scariest teams in the league. And then to round it out, I'm putting the Chiefs. So I have the same top five as you, but I'm just, you know, moving it around a little bit. The Chiefs are still one of the scariest teams. They have Patrick Mahomes, the best in the world. But, you know, they got to be able to win those big-time games. And I still think I still think they're the, you know, the team that everyone's looking to beat in the AFC. Like, they're the team to bring down, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because of the name Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City yeah, Chiefs absolutely. and Andy Reid, you know. Just a dynasty feeling dynasty. they have. Yeah. Yep. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, With Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt, um, I think it knocks him out as being that top team in the NFC, the scariest team. I just don't think Brock Purdy is going to be enough. I think the Eagles are my team going to the Super Bowl. I said, you know, maybe they were a year away. Obviously, they look like they can go to the Super Bowl, but all year I've just been saying I think they're a year away. I think they get stumped by one of those top teams. But now, you know, I think it's them or the Cowboys, and I think they get past the Cowboys. I really do. Yeah. I think, I think you That'd know. That'd be a great game. You know, I think the Eagles' run game has slept on a whole lot. They have one of the best run games in the league, and just because it's not pretty with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, um, but Jalen Hurts Boston being a Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Yeah, those guys too. But you know, it's mainly it's mainly the two I named. And Jalen Hurts, you know, he's an MVP candidate in my opinion, but a lot of people still don't think he's that guy. Yeah. You know? And I think he is that guy. Yeah, he got blessed with the Sirianni offense and the way they've set it up. But what do you want for him? To not thrive in the offense they're providing him? You know, like he's been absolutely tremendous in every way. He plays a different type of style of game every week. Like Two weeks ago, he had 150 rushing yards, and last week he he didn't have any rushing yards, and he threw for 380 and four touchdowns. Like he can do it all whenever that whatever they ask of him, depending on the game plan, he's done tremendous. So I don't know. I want to hear your argument whether you agree or not. But I think the Eagles are. I think they're making it happen this year. I think they make a return. And I mean, this isn't within the argument, but I'm still taking the Bills in the AFC. Yeah, Eagles are definitely my favorite coming out of the NFC. I think the Cowboys are a close second, though. They really are for me. Um, They're definitely the two best teams in the conference. With yeah, I agree. To Jimmy G. I agree. Without um, a doubt. But it's tough because right now, you know, assuming that this is going to stay the same, which it probably won't, the Cowboys have to travel to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady in the first round. And it's just like that's that's a tough matchup, you know? I mean, but you got you to gotta think within these next five weeks, yeah, we said it's going to breeze by – in the snap of the fingers, but there are still plenty of plenty of football left to be played. That is one thing I actually do think will stay the same, though. Because Cowboys or the Buccaneers are definitely going to win their division just because of how bad it is, and the Cowboys aren't going to win the division because of the Eagles. You don't think the Eagles get stumped up at all? No, I mean, I, I actually think four and five will stay the exact same. That's a kind of a sad truth. I mean, we'll see. You never know. Maybe the 49ers start falling and that division just falls out of whack, you know, because it really has. I mean, yeah. the Rams, who knows what they're doing? They just went and picked up Baker Mayfield off waivers. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll see if he plays tomorrow night. Um, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, they don't look true. The Seahawks, obviously. I mean, they could potentially take it over. But, I mean, who knows how this division is going to work out in the next few weeks. Maybe the Bucks go on a little run, you know. Maybe they are a few games above 500. 
Um, but yeah, but looking at it right now, it does look like it's going to be a, a future Cowboys Bucks matchup. I mean, I'm I'm taking the Cowboys in that. I mean, like I said a couple weeks ago, you know, I thought the Buccaneers were the team going to the Super Bowl this year, but they have continued to play mediocre football. Tom Brady, huge game-winning drive this past week. You know, credits credit to him. But the way they're winning football games is not the way that championship football teams, you know, win football games. Yeah, I like agree. Like I'm trying to say. I agree. Five weeks left to play. Maybe that could all change. Maybe they start dominating this next month. But as of right now, from what I'm seeing, the Buccaneers are a first-round exit, to, especially – if they play the Dallas Cowboys, because the Dallas Cowboys are scary. Yeah, but they're so mid in the playoffs, too. It's a little Stephen A. coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> they're so bad in the playoffs. We'll see, and we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. Hope I got the Eagles beating any of them. So. Yeah. No, we'll I like see. it. I like it. We'll see. Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl. Who you That'd got? That'd be insane. I know who you're taking. Yeah, you know who I'm taking. Joe Burrow's not losing two That Super Bowl would be nuts. Yeah. I'd, yeah. That'd be insane. I'd maybe take the Bengals with you. I mean, that's another debate for another day, but wow, it's right around the corner. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it. February. <laughs> so with that all being said, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the NBA now. Uh, the National Basketball Association. While, uh, yes, we are still early in the year for the NBA. We're, you know, we're entering week eight now. Um, but some new things are sparking our eye every week. And the first one that I want to talk about you know, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they have not been playing their best basketball of late. I mean, right now they're they're sitting at the 11 seed in the Western Conference at 11 and 12. That is nothing. That is the last thing they were hoping for eight weeks into the season after getting this new acquisition in Rudy Gobert and trading their entire future away for it. And now to add on to add, to add on to the pleasure for Timberwolves fans, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is out for with a calf injury until the new year in 2023. So, I mean. They have nothing going right for them. The chemistry's off, and they're not winning games. Was the trade a bust for them? Is it too soon to be speaking about that, or was the trade a bust for the Timberwolves? It's early, but watching them, man, I just, you can't have two seven-one guys that move slow sitting in the paint the whole game, and that's what they're trying to do, and it's just Cat and Rudy Gobert shouldn't be on the court together. They play the same position. That's That's what I think about it. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Cause yeah, I mean, they just... The Rudy Gobert coming in, it's caused problems for deloading and Anthony and Anthony Edwards, especially Anthony Edwards. He's talking about... Because early in the season, he wasn't really getting any dunks off. And he was yeah. saying because he has nowhere to move in the paint because Rudy Gobert's just sitting in there all game. I mean, he's he's leading the charge for the team still. I mean, he's averaging 23 a game to go along with five and a half boards, four assists. He's still playing good ball. A couple things that were interesting to me. The one was, you know, Cat's having one of his worst seasons in his career to date. I mean, his lowest in his career in rebounds a game, um, lowest since his rookie season in points per game. Um, his assists are the highest in his career, but, I mean, with the type of offense they have, you know, it makes sense with him moving the ball around a lot more. I mean, I've said, I've always been a fan of Cat, and I think he's a multidimensional player. He can move the ball around. He has good vision for a big man. Yeah. That's why I think he's one of the best in the league. But, you know, he's been, held, he's been taking a step back recently since the acquisition of uh, Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert... Maybe it's not a, the biggest of deal. I mean, it's only been one game since Cat been hurt because the second game, Rudy Gobert got ejected. So I will squash that out. But the first game without Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert had one rebound the entire game. That's pretty bad. That like, is pretty bad. 
You can say it's a fluke, but still, like, how do you play an entire basketball game and get one rebound when Being seven you are two, known? Seven one. That is literally <laughs> your game. Rebounds, rebounds. So it's almost as if, like, I don't know, but something's not going right in Minnesota, and like, it's. I think it's a bust. Obviously, I don't think it works out for them in the Western Conference. I mean, I think they have a great team. They have plenty of hell of a players, but I mean, you know, the Western Conference is tough, and when you don't have the chemistry flowing like that. Obviously, you know, it doesn't work having two seven-footers on the floor. Hasn't seemed to work out. It's definitely a tough one to to look at because I think they're a very talented squad with plenty of talent on that team. You know, I don't know. I mean, the Kings, they're pretty high up right now, you know. Uh, they're looking solid with the roster they have. Dude, but the Kings are nice. The Kings are nice. <laughs> Kings are nice. And it's, you know, led by De'Aaron Fox, DeMont Sabonis. I mean... Um, Who ended up winning that Pacers Kings game that we were talking about on the last podcast? Um, it was uh, the Kings. The Kings yeah. won a, a team win all out. I mean, they proved it. I mean, and in that matchup, Halliburton struggled. He had nine points, ten assists. Um, still getting his assists off. Benedict Matherin was the one that was leading the charge for them to go along with uh, Jalen Smith. He had one of his best days of the season. But uh, how about Andrew Nemhard? I mean, yeah, it's irrelevant. We're talking about the Pacers, but I mean, he had 31 the other night against the Warriors, and everyone was saying he outplayed Stephen Curry <laughs> on the road in Golden State. Like, that was crazy. 31, five for seven from three, eight rebounds, 13 assists. Um, I think he's definitely a name that we should keep our eyes on and see how he looks in this next month. Um, yeah. What about uh, Jose Alvarado had like a 38 point game? Didn't Jose he? Alvarado. He d- yeah, he had a 38 point game yeah. uh, with the Pelicans. That's yeah, that's insane. I never saw that coming. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, same with Nemhard, but 38 from Alvarado. I mean, he had like eight threes. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the next team, the Dallas Mavericks. You know, they're an interesting discussed team. I thought they were one of the bigger threats in the Western Conference uh, going into the season. And I mean, Luka Doncic, he's playing like an MVP, definitely top two in the MVP race right now, playing his best ball, but. You know, his usage rate is off the charts, and Jason Kidd said it himself. Um, there's no way he can play at this level for 82 games. I mean, the usage rate is just way too high. He is second. I know I'm saying this like a surprise, but he is second in the league, not first in usage rate in the NBA at 37.5%. He trails Giannis by a couple of percentages. So just shows how valuable Giannis is. I mean, yeah, Giannis we've talked about this different. plenty. He's, <laughs> he's built different. He's that guy in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, he's taking the realm of, the best player in the league, without yeah. a doubt. But, I mean, for the Mavs' point, I mean, because they have good players. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, he doesn't get talked about nearly enough. He's a great player. I mean, I don't know if he's at – he's not at all-star caliber because, you know, there's so many good players in the league. But he can get a bucket when you need him to. He can. No, he can. I've watched enough of his game I've seen to where, game like, winners if he's got a – yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you need a bucket from him one-on-one, like, he's he's getting you a bucket. Like, he can get to the rim. He can shoot over top of you. Um, Christian Wood, the key big man for them to go along with their other uh, players. He's averaging 16 and a half, seven, seven and a half boards. Then Tim Hardaway Jr., another guard for them. He's averaging 13 and a half. But, you know, outside of that, they don't have a lot. They need to get an, I think they need to get a ball handler for him. Yeah. Because I don't see, yeah. Dinwiddie, Hardaway, those guys are like, they can yeah. score, but they are not point guards. They yeah. can't dribble. They can't facilitate an offense. So, yeah. Maybe they that's where Kemba Walker comes into play. But he's banged up. They said he is not ready. I mean, Kemba? 
I mean, I think he's available and he might start playing, but I don't know how his health is, so to speak. You know, like I don't know how his knees feeling and all that. But you know, is Ken, this will turn into this question: Is Kemba the answer for the Mavericks? No, he's not the answer. Yeah, he's washed. They. I mean, he's two years out from averaging 19 a who'd game. They get, who'd they get for Jalen Brunson? Was Christian Wood? Was that like a three-team well, he le- It was free agency. Oh, shit. Jalen Brunson left. So who'd agency. they get for Brunson? I mean, they got Christian Wood. They just got Kemba Walker. <laughs> they had Dinwiddie last season. Um, they got Bertans, but they don't, in that Porzingis trade, but they don't use him at all. They got JaVale McGee. Yeah. Reggie Bullock, they've had him. I think this team would have been better with Porzingis and Brunson. Yeah, I agree. What it is now. I agree. Because they still could have got Christian Wood if they really wanted yeah. another big man. Porzingis is playing his best ball, too. His yeah, whole career Porzingis right is he's, he's balling. The Unicorn's a solid player. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. So, I, I kind of agree with you. I think even if Kemba does start playing better than he has these last couple of years since he left the Celtics, I mean, he's still a defensive liability. You know, he's if anything, he's another, you know, ISO dribbles a lot type of guy, you know. So I feel like they're not very compatible. Like, I feel like you need, like, a point guard that's a pass-first playmaker, you know? Yeah. Like, he's able to score if need be. Marcus Smart? Yeah. Marcus Smart Obviously, they're not getting Marcus Smart. (laughs) But if they got Marcus Smart, that team's a top-three team in the West. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's interesting. I think I think he's that big of a Depends difference. Depends how, how you know? good you think Marcus Smart is at certain parts of the game. I mean, he is what I was describing. He's a he's a pass first playmaker that plays on both end, both ends. I mean, reigning defensive player of the year. And then I mean, he shoots at a solid rate. Like if you obviously I wouldn't say he's a I wouldn't say he's, you know, go get a bucket type like that high. Like, but he can score, you know? Yeah. He can score one on one. Like yeah, I've he seen can. him do it time. Yeah. And, and he's uh, been doing time better time. at it this year, especially. Uh, I feel like he's been a little inconsistent he's had his games. this year. He has good games. He's been a little inconsistent this year, but I mean, he's playing in a different role. You know, he's back into, because early in his career, he was used to playing, you know, with Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. This is the first time he's been like the point guard on the team the last couple of years, but it was only one year. And now we got Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon. You know, we have other good guards. Yeah. But, you know, he's still that leader of the charge. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon's better than him, but he's still the leader of the team, you know? Yeah. Like, now he he's like the glue for the yeah Celtics. he's the glue he's yeah. the glue. I'm very interested to see how the Mavs if they find a way to figure that out because right now they're sitting at the seven spot, thirteen and eleven. They finally won their first game of the season when Luca does not lead the team in points, you know, and doesn't have thirty. Um, so that's definitely interesting to see. But the West is absolutely crazy. How about the Lakers, man? I mean, they were absolutely atrocious the first five weeks of the season. They're eight and three. Their last eleven. Uh, AD's playing at an MVP caliber level, averaging 23 and 12 um, to go along with two and a half blocks and a one and a half steals per game. 27 and 12. What did I say? 23. Yeah, excuse me. 27 and, a, 27 and 12 per That's game insane. to go along with two and a half blocks and one and a half steals per game. And then, you know, the king himself, he's still averaging 26 a game, nine boards, six assists. Uh, Russ and Lonnie, uh, the fourth, they're both averaging 16 a game. Uh, Lonnie shooting 47% from the field. So are they finally figuring it out? Is a trade necessary for them? I mean, there's trust me, they're still low as fuck on the depth charts. They're at the 13th spot in the West, sitting at 10 and 11. But, you know, they were so bad at the start of the year. It's going to take time for them to move up in the rankings. 
And that game last night on primetime TV in Cleveland against the Cavs, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah. I mean, granted, I was working half the time during it, but mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, check it out. No AD in that game, too, and the Lakers were still keeping it competitive most of that game until Donovan took over in the last few minutes. But yeah, I mean, LeBron's always going to play good against the Cavs. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't do a lot? I mean, he. Still Bron. He's no, still he, probably at 25 he did and him. 10. No, he had better. I mean, I was, <laughs> like, he didn't have 30. You know, he didn't dominate. He was 8 for 17. Two for six from three, but he had 21 points and 17 rebounds. Yeah. So, I mean, he was doing his job against a team that dominates on the glass. So, but I, don't know. I, mean, I think that Thomas Bryant was their second leading scorer in that game once AD went out. 19, Dennis Schroeder and Russ had 16 apiece. Lonnie struggled. Is this a team that can compete in the playoffs? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If, you know, we, we know their roster, they have Russ, AD, and Braun. Yeah. So if those guys mesh and they start playing like, how people are used to seeing them play, they're if three of the top ten players in the league. See, I think it's bigger <laughs> than that though, because AD he's dominating. Bron's doing whatever he can at his crazy ass age. You know, Russell Westbrook. No, he's not the king of triple doubles, Russell Westbrook that he was a few years ago, but he's still playing solid basketball, averaging like I said, fourteen, I mean, seven, and five. They're eight and um, three in their last eleven, like yeah. you said. So I mean, but I think I think for them to be successful come playoff time, I mean, it's going to be the others. It has yeah. to be the others. Yeah, Lonnie Walker has to play well. LeBron's not what he used to, you know? Like, obviously, he's still the king, still one of the goats, but he can't carry a team like he used to. AD's got to be able to stay healthy, lead the charge on the offensive and defensive end. Russell Westbrook's got to be playing within his role, you know, not trying to ice it too much. But, you know, Lonnie Walker's going to be huge. Dennis Schroeder's going to be huge if they decide to keep him. Um, you know, guys like Thomas Bryant, Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., because a lot of people think I think I think it's me. I think their their bench and the role players is their big weakness, and I think yeah. that's continuing they have top no depth on their team at all. Their depth is absolutely terrible. I mean, they don't even play Juan Toscano Anderson. They don't even play Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they. I still think they. Sh- I don't think they should shy away from making a trade and maybe not. I'm not saying moving Russ or one of your key guys, but try and get Patrick Beverly out of there. Go get a different type of player for your team that'll help out. I mean, maybe Lonnie. I like Lonnie Walker, honestly. Um, but if you need to trade someone, he's a guy. Dennis Schroeder, I think I think he hurts their team only. I think he just takes away shots and takes the ball out of their skill players' hands, and he's a liability on defense. Um, I don't know. You think, they, you think they should trade one of their guys? Possibly Russ? I think if they do trade a guy, it should be Russ. Because... The problem at the beginning of the year was they couldn't shoot the three, and Lonnie's shooting the three well. I feel like he's an asset to that team. So, I mean, would you say it's well? 37%. That's pretty good. good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it might not be the best in the league, but, you know, he's probably top 25. I mean, we'll, we'll see how the Lakers look. Uh, they got an interesting stretch coming up. I mean, a uh, low East Coast trip, Toronto. Uh, they've been on it already, but it's rounding up with Toronto, Philadelphia, and Detroit. And then they got Boston December 13th. I'm actually very interested in that game. I always love playing Braun. You know that. Yeah. I mean, even though he's had the best of us. But, you know, I, I wouldn't count the Lakers out just yet. While I don't think, you know, they're finals bound or anything like that, I definitely think they're, you know, one of the playoff teams to watch out for. And, yeah. you know, if you they are a seven seed and you're a two seed like the Pelicans, like I'd watch out playing them, you know, like that's no that's no uh, 
Yeah. Easy given game. Yeah. No, such series. Lakers aren't easy out, especially with Braun. That's how it's always going to be when, as long as yeah. Braun's still in the league, yeah. whatever team he's on. So. Oh, you're right about that. And then uh, to finish up our uh, podcast today, we're talking about a huge game that we got going on tonight. Um, we'll know the final of it by the time this podcast come out, comes out, but it's, you know, the Boston Celtics against the Phoenix Suns. And hate me all you want for always finding a way to bring the Celtics into my podcast, but I mean, all the the only excuse I need is that they have the best record in the league right now. It's kind of easy to do it right now. And they're going up against the Phoenix Suns, who happens to be uh, the best team in the Western Conference right now. And, you know, both teams haven't been 100% all year. Uh, the Suns haven't had Jay Crowder. They're still looking to move him. Cam Johnson's been out. Chris Paul's been out for the last month. He's actually expected to return tonight against the Celtics. While the Celtics have, you know, Al Horford's been in and out the lineup. We haven't had Rob Williams all, all season. Um is this a finals preview? No, I don't think it is. I don't I don't like the Suns. I like them in the regular season, sure. They'll probably win 50 games, and they'll be first in the West, and everybody think they're great. And then, you know, they'll come out, and they'll lose in the first and second round of the playoffs, and that's how it always goes for them. Um, I mean, I don't know, because who's beating them in the West? Because I, I was thinking early season I had Memphis. Um Memphis, they're playing solid ball, you know, a little inconsistent. They're beating the teams they need to beat. But, you know, I'm not seeing that it factor yet. And that's why there's a whole season to go. You know, we'll see. Um, but after the Grizzlies, you know, Pelicans are a scary team. We'll see what happens with the Clippers. Um, I don't really see Sacramento as a threat. I personally don't see Denver as a threat. Um, New Orleans, I definitely think they're a threat. But I think we can't. You know, just because, you know, they sold that finals, they weren't great last year in the playoffs, I don't think we can push them under the rug just yet because I still think when they get Cam Johnson back, they have DeAndre Ayton. Devin Booker's a killer on the offensive end. Um, uh, Macau, I call him Macau Bridges, but it's Michael Bridges, right? I think it's Michael. When someone comes up and corrects me, then I'll change. But Macau Bridges, I mean, he's exactly what you want as a player. He's a great player, one of the best defenders in the league, and he's got a stroke for a three-point shot, and he's able to handle it and get to the cup as well. So, I mean, they're a great team. Do you think uh, Chris Paul's a liability or an asset for the Suns at this point in his career? I'm still putting him as an asset Yeah, because his knowledge of the game is so high. Yeah. And, you know, situational, like, even if he's there on the bench for you and you play campaign, because I'm a big campaign fan. I I think he's a tremendous player. Yeah, I think... I think, you know, Chris Paul shouldn't be playing 35, 40 minutes a game. I think it should be like a, you know, a 30, 25 split, you know, yeah. like obviously not exactly, but I think a campaign should be getting like 30 minutes a game. He's well-deserving. He's a tremendous player for him and he does it on both ends. Yeah. Um, but no, I still think he's an asset for that team. And that's why I think they're, they should be one of the favorites in the West to go along with the Grizzlies, the Warriors can't forget about them. You know, it's going to be interesting, but I think this is, a potential finals preview. I think both I, I wouldn't be surprised to see both teams in the conference finals and their respected conferences. So this is gonna be a hell of a matchup tonight, and I'm very interested to see what happens. There's no no Al Horford in uh health and safety protocols. Didn't even know that was still a thing, but he's in health and safety protocols. Um no Jay Crowder, no campaign. Um Chris Paul is making his return tonight, most likely. So it's gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Celtics in this pick'em game. Hopefully I'm not looking like a fool come tomorrow, but I mean, they're the best team in basketball right now and their offense has been on an absolute tear. And, you know, I think they have the best duo in the league right now. Yeah. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I, I'd agree. 
I mean, you can make an argument if you want, but just the way that these guys are playing and the rate that they're playing on both ends, yeah. so to speak. Just like the efficiency, you know, they don't the miss a lot of they don't man, miss a lot of so games cuz like you could say Paul George and Kawhi, but like when do they ever play together? One of them's always hurt. So like I think that's why Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is probably that Philly best, duo, you know, it's interesting. The Milwaukee duo, the yeah. Warriors duo, the Cavs duo. Cavs duo. Yeah. But they don't dominate like Jalen and Jason do. Yeah. And we I'm control not, the I'm team. I'm not even a C's fan. When I was looking at usage rate, both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were in the top 12, I believe. Yeah. Top 10, maybe even. So, I mean, obviously they have the ball in their hands more than almost anybody in the league, and the record speaks for itself. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Celtics. Sitting at 20 and 5. Um, yeah. We'll, sh- we'll see. Should yeah. be really interesting. Uh, Celtics. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I'm going to take the Celtics, but I think that uh, DeAndre Ayton has big game for the Suns tonight. Yeah. No Al Horford, no, no Al Rob Horford. Will. No Rob. Yeah. You got Luke Cornett on him. Yeah, it's going to be a Luke Cornett, Grant Williams. Blake Griffin's probably going to be in the starting lineup again. We'll see if we get a Noah Vonley sighting. Um, I don't know how much tick PP gets tonight because we're healthy at the guard position. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, run for the Celtics. They're on a little road trip right now, playing the Suns. They got the Warriors on Saturday, playing the Clippers, playing the Lakers. And, you know, something that I'm really excited to talk about in a couple of weeks when we do our next podcast is that Celtics-Bucks Christmas Day game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that game is going to be nuts. Game of the year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and like yeah. NFL terms, you can, it's like just one of those matchups, but – I don't know, a whole lot in sports to be talking about in these next few weeks. And the next episode is going to be absolutely awesome. We're going to dive into all the bowl games in college football for you guys, as well as finishing our talks on our uh, college football playoff predictions and what we think. Um, the NFL will be winding more down. We'll get a cleaner look at uh, who we think is going to win each conference, you know, our potential MVP candidates. And then the NBA, you know, it's just always getting better and better, baby. Hopefully the Celtics can keep dominating what they're doing and, you know, good luck to your Bengals in these last five weeks before the playoffs. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but that's going to do it for our podcast today, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.